boy Matthew Wolf, baby. It's a good day. It's a real good day. It's a great day, man. Great fucking day. Wow. I mean, I I did not think it was going in. I know we're jumping right into it right now, but I just didn't I didn't think I did not think that putt was gonna go in from up there. And in my head, like I was like, man. Like I don't want to say I knew it was going in, but like I had a sneaking sus- what a sneaking suspicion suspicion, yeah, that I was going to go in, and I was just hoping. So it might have been more hope than it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on. Um, it might have been more hope than anything that I was feeling, but I just yeah, but we erupted. When that went in. Yeah, I mean, that was the loudest I had gotten since probably Tiger at the Masters this year. Like, I was so hyped. Dude, I was. I mean, that's so sick, man. Like, people. I don't think people realize how crazy that was. Like, the fact of the matter is, is that this kid, less than seven weeks ago, was a sophomore in college. And they kept throwing like, oh, he's a rookie. He's a, like, no, he's a professional golfer that's on special exemptions for just being him. Like, th- this kid hasn't been on the web yet. He hasn't done any other professional starts. He just locked up his tour card with his third start ever. Like, that's... Well, he started at Waste Management, so I guess it would be fourth. Okay, yeah, third start of this yeah. season. Or I guess, uh, yeah, it's still this season. But, yeah, so four start. Third start as a professional. And he fucking takes it home, baby. Fucking so crazy. And then the fact that Colin Morikawa was in the mix there at yeah, the end. He awesome. tied for second with Bryson. It was just the two rookies or whatever you want to call them. That was a but great Sunday of new golf. New age. New age of golf. Yeah. Bringing, coming in strong this yeah, week. Yeah, the future of golf is bright. But and if you didn't watch the tournament, we're talking about the 3M Open. It was up in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, in the Twin Cities, I guess. Right, if I'm pretty sure the land of many lakes. Yeah, many lakes and many wolves. <sighs> Only one wolf of note, though. Yeah, but no, but that was a perfect Sunday of golf. It had it had heroes, it had villains, it had underdog stories, literally dogs, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was all it was honestly awesome. I I know that these these all these guys are young, but it kind of felt like it was the young versus the old. I know Bryson's very young on tour, but <laughs> Considering he has five or six professional tour wins, he definitely felt like the heavy hitter, the favorite, and the veteran that was going to get it done. And it's just so sweet to see that these two, three kids even, Hovland was in the mix. Um, He finished minus 15. It's so cool to see these kids that are, you know, just brand new, fresh off the boat, like just destroying it. Like, I'm so stoked for the future of golf. This Sunday was awesome. You had these guys putting up numbers. You had Bryson who kind of for me plays a really cool villain for golf and he's kind of Patrick Reed esque to me. Um, it was cool to see him put in a fucking amazing shot on 18. That approach yeah, I was going to bring that up that, that shot he hit in, hit in on 18 over the water. Yeah. Big draw in stopped like seven and then feet sink, away, yeah, six feet away. Sinks the Eagle putt. Yeah. And he knew it was going in before it went in because he started celebrating early. Even. Yeah. But he thought he thought he was going into a playoff at the minimum. Yeah. And I mean it was it was sweet to see that. It was also sweet to see Adam Hadwin who I do like as a golfer um 
kind of the carefree Canadian, getting some crazy up and downs going, putting himself in the mix as well, putting a, putting a number up and just sitting in the clubhouse with the lead. Um, you had Wyndham Clark losing his shit out there, which was <laughs> fucking fuck Wyndham, man. <laughs> you know, Wyndham threw a club a few too many times. I don't man. like it when he's in the mix because it just it's almost like collateral advertisement from Wyndham Hotels and their <laughs> stupid rewards thing for when you finish the regular season, you get like five million dollars. But but, uh, I mean, he, the guy was just hitting the ball like shit off the tee and was just somehow getting a lucky break or making it happen and scraping up some pars even birdies sometimes i think you, i think for every time when you clearly are letting go of the club like that you get fined it happened three times in like 10 holes like some of those clubs got like halfway to the crowd like if it slipped out any earlier like he could have hit someone with his club it's just like find his ass now please so yeah. he stops that shit it was a little excessive. I mean, I can understand that one time in a tournament, maybe, you know, but yeah, four times around. I've just been almost hit by clubs like that too much, just as it is playing recreationally, that when that shit happens, like from a professional that you know has complete control over their freaking clubs, that, yeah, it's not funny that you did that, like, yeah, but... That was cool. That was still cool to see, like that kind of like chaos a little bit. Um, I mean, at one point there were six people tied for seventeen under. Yeah, and all tied in first, and towards. I mean, on the back nine, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't particularly. It's interesting seeing that, but I think it's too much. It's too much clustered for CBS to follow because they're terrible yeah, at showing like, golf at shots. At one point, they missed Matthew Wolf's birdie, birdie putt, yeah. and one of his birdie putts that he missed, like. Yeah. It's insane that they're so bad at their broadcast in that sense that, like, you have three groups out on the course and you're missing shots. How does that happen? Like, I don't want to understate the difficulty of doing a golf broadcast. I'm sure it's extremely difficult. I don't know everything that goes into it. But I would imagine the ball, the bar that they set for themselves, at least, like, let's get the leader's shots mm-hmm. and we'll work our way down from there. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like some of that might have been that they were just such young newcomers to the tour like they were still trying to get the shots of the other guys that's what i kind of took from it because they're like showing guys that were like a shot or two back like their putts and it's like why are you showing these putts when the leaders have yeah i just don't think there's an excuse when it's clearly like he's the solo leader no i don't think there is either but i think that's the only like like exclamation or explanation if you want to give them a reason for why they did it but i think they're just I, I think they're just neglectful. Negli- yeah. yeah. Negligent, whatever you would call it. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't really know. All I know is I was pissed when we missed that birdie putt from Wolf. Yeah. And I I think it should be said that we're gonna talk about the open as well. We just came off of this emergency start to this because Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, welcome back to Out of the Rough, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we came in a little hot, pretty pumped from the Matthew Wolf win. I mean, this was minutes ago, so it's yeah, we're we still riding we high. We weren't even planning on fucking doing this, but we figured since the boy wolf got a win and we're going to the <laughs> open, uh we might as well do a podcast and do a little pre open because we won't really have time to uh do another podcast i mean and i'm sure you and i feel the same way that this doesn't this feels like just the beginning obviously like it's his third stall yeah like that like this just validates all of us saying like this kid's gonna destroy yeah like i mean i don't want to toot my own horn but i was 
You were early on the, on the bandwagon. You, were ve- you got one of the early adopter, like, you, if this was a plane that was boarding, like, there were still first class sits, seats, like, on this plane. Yeah, I was in the first row on first class. Maybe not the first row, but second row. Yeah. He wasn't... He wasn't in college He wasn't yet. in college yet when yeah. you when you found him. Yeah. So, Grant... Not, he, not like I found the kid, but, like, in our group of friends and stuff that talked about him. You were the golf. first one talking about Matthew Wolf. Yeah. He was, like... He was, either, he was either a junior or a senior in high school. Yeah. And obviously, he stood out because of his swing, and I really liked his motion and just was stoked on his fucking ball contact, like really pumped on it. But yeah, yeah I he just was had like a, a feeling junior. he was going to be fucking good, man. Well, he was like a junior in high school, and you watched his like driver numbers getting like 178 ball speed. You're just yeah. like, what the fuck? This kid's like 16. Yeah. But... I think there's a I think there's a difference, and the reason why this feels so important to me, because I mean, if we really want to poke holes in this, like the the field was very weak, the course really yeah. lended itself to being bomb and gouge, and he just hits it so damn far, and he played incredible golf, he putted his ass off, but I think it should be said that he's clearly just as good as Hovland, and Hovland was contending with the best at the U.S. Open, so like these kids are not going anywhere. And we should have just shot the the big three podcast now because the real big three is Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf, and it covers all the main continental groups. <laughs> we've got Europe, we've got Asia, we've got America. Like, yeah, and that's obviously in a jokingly manner, but yeah, these kids are really good and are going to be around in the mix for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I can I compare it to. I compare it to uh, Spieth and JT. I may have said this on the podcast already, but I think of Hovland and Wolf like Spieth and JT and what they're going to bring to the game. Maybe even more so. Fingers crossed that they can generate that hype that we want and have some personalities to get around because we're going to need it. We're going to need some superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, Hovland's got to open his damn eyes for people to really see him. <laughs> yeah, and, the guy, and, and just so we can connect with him. Because right the guy now he can barely see out there. <laughs> like he's working with like. 60% of what most people can unless see. he gets like a unless he gets like a eight figure deal from planet K he needs to start opening his <laughs> eyes oh my goodness yeah that is hilarious but I'm so stoked for them I hope they continue to kind of be a presence out there I, I'm psyched that that means Wolf will be in the Masters yeah um, I'm stoked that he's got his tour card for two years. Like I didn't want, I really didn't want to see him go down to like the web. You would have been like, if I had to watch the freaking corn fairy tour, <laughs> <laughs> fuck man. Well, I like watching the corn fairy or web or whatever it, it was, but I get that like working like it's like you just, you only have so much time. Yeah. So it's hard to keep up the beat, but, um, yeah, he, he's going to be so fun to watch. Like his game is so exciting. He clearly makes stuff happen. He's got the clutch gene. Like, that putt on 18 proves that he has the clutch gene. Yeah. Like, it. He, I was a little worried when he got the MDF. Like, I was like, geez, like, let's that was his, go, man. That was man. the first, first tournament. Second one. Well, after waste management. No, I think MDF was, uh, it wasn't the Travelers, was it? Because Travelers was his first start turning professional i'm not sure but yeah he had an mdf in there yeah neither of us know for sure we'll just say that he did mdf one of his last two events yeah but yeah i i just tried to forget completely about that (laughs) but i mean it's 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 all good i i I think 
he's in a great spot. I think this was all the validation that he needed. Um, it'll be interesting when he sees himself kind of playing against uh, the big boys. The big boys. Grant Bryson is one of the big boys. Honestly, yeah. he is. So knowing that he had to eagle to beat Bryson to not go into a playoff, like he he's got the clutch gene. I don't want to keep mm. reiterating it, but I'm I'm so excited to keep seeing what they're doing, and I don't want to, you know, make that any less clear than I am now. Like. <laughs> I'm hyped, and we can we can we can stop talking about the 3M because I'm sure half the people that are listening to this podcast are like, "Yeah, we didn't watch." <laughs> I was outside. You guys I was... should have been watching because it's the beginning of a a good career. I mean, agree, but like, go enjoy your Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a small portion of the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, but if you watch. I mean, I didn't watch any of the tournament up until Wolf's, like, fifth hole Yeah, on Sunday. I watched the highlights from yesterday when he shot the nine under, which was the course record, which was insane. Yeah. Uh, The fact that he kept stopping and putting balls, like, six feet away from flags from the rough is just insane. Like, he just hit it out there with his driver, and he's like, I'm in rough? That's okay. I'll just put it up in the air. We'll be all right. And... It, I mean, it was crazy. And to think that if Bryson didn't chunk that chip, he would have been in a playoff with Wolf. Oh, yeah. That was, a, like, one of the first things we saw today. Yeah. Yeah, Bryson went to chip. But would he have been as aggressive with the eagle, like, attempt yeah. if you... Who knows? You can't, like, speculate, really. Morikawa's insane lip out in that par three. Yeah. Where the ball was halfway in the cup and yeah. it lipped back out after doing a 180. That That was crazy, too. And then Wolf caught that... You know, the break that winners yeah, catch yep. with his three. Yeah, wood. you were saying that, like, yeah. when his ball didn't go in the water, it was in the rough. Or, like, yeah. that's the kind of break that a winner gets. Yeah. And I was just saying that to try to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, like, towards... keep mani- manifest positivity. Yeah. As you were saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still reeling from it. It's It happened just a moment ago, so you're still kind of, like, settling with the idea, like, this is so cool, a guy that we've been rooting for for a really long time that, like, we hope big things would happen for them, but we, we wouldn't know for sure. Maybe he would kind of falter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, gosh, he came out firing. I mean, and people will compare this to Cameron Champ, but it's just not the same thing. He was on the web for a full year before he got onto the tour, got his card. And, yes, his second start on tour, he won it. But it was on an, it was with an even weaker field in uh, at Sanderson. Because, I mean, technically Brooks was in this field. And, granted, Brooks – PGA Tour is different from Brooks and Majors, but Brooks was in this field. But he and he is the definition of a big boy. Yeah, yeah, we, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I get he it. is one of the big boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it was a super weak field, but it wasn't like the all the all the upper echelon guys are in there. Yeah, he had a difficult enough field to feel like he he had more to. A, overcome there than champ had at sanderson mm-hmm. and nothing against San- uh, nothing against sanderson or against cameron champ's win but you'll just hear those comparisons fly out for the next like week and they're just two different wins mm-hmm. um and i just think wolf will have a better career than cameron champ yeah i, I mean no disrespect <laughs> yeah he likes cameron champ he's actually been an advocate of him but yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, Wolf is one of my boys. 
I'm in his pack. <laughs> it was just me, and then I met Doug, and then <laughs> I met you two, and now our pack has grown to four. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it's my boy Rick. He's the head man of the pack. There's Brooks. You, I mean, you who can't thinks, give him head of the pack. I mean, who if- thinks he's the head of the pack? And then there's me, who just likes to keep things clean for all the other wolves. I walk around. You're the you're the you're the water boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the water boy, dude. Make sure all the guys are taken care of. I uh, make sure they got everything they need. And then I just Root maybe on. crack a joke here and there. Yeah, maybe make them laugh. We'll keep it keep it light. And then though. there's the new cub on 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 the street, Wolf, Matthew yeah. Wolf, who might just become the elder someday. So it's and it's, we it's, strictly it's, are at war against the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a four, it's a four man wolf pack. You're one of the men in the wolf pack. Are yeah. You, are you sure you're not just like a like kind of an osprey or like a bird that kind of hovers above them and I'm watches? Like, or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could be like that. I I might be also just like a runt, like. <laughs> <laughs> I might be like a wolf fucked like a dog and I'm like a wolf hybrid. Yeah, you're like as it kind of worked its way away. Like they from... don't really want me in the pack, but for some reason I'm there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, like yeah, don't so, pay any attention to him. He's 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 all right. Sometimes he's funny. Yeah. That's why we keep him around. Yeah, he said he's related to us, but we're not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're pretty sure he's not. But for some reason, he's been here long enough to where we don't really say anything now. And he believed into some of us pretty early. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you were. I mean, you've. I mean, a lot of people talk about stocks and talk about real estate. They're like, oh, I've got I've got all this real estate on Gary Woodland Island. And I really cash it in. The real estate's doing well after the U.S. Open. But I mean, you did buy real estate and stock early with Brooks. You bought it early with Wolf like. I mean, there was you no... You bought late with Ricky, and you've you've been holding, though. <laughs> yeah, I did buy late with Ricky. I didn't even catch Ricky in his, like, 15-year, you know? Yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't even catch him, like, when peak Ricky was happening, where everyone's like, oh, he's the future of golf. Yeah. But I did buy a whole shitload of land in the Matthew Wolf neighborhood, and there was no one even buying any land. Like, yeah, it was just kind of like a pack. I could have bought the whole neighborhood, but I didn't. I didn't want to be greedy. Yeah, I mean, it was just a pasture land. There was like maybe two or three houses like you could see in the distance. But you're like, yeah, this like this, yeah, this four acre lot, I'll buy it. They might have been in a different neighborhood even. I'm not even sure if they were in the wolf neighborhood. <laughs> but yeah, you bought it real It could have been early. the back end of the tiger neighborhood. Like, I'm not sure. I don't think their neighborhoods are close. I mean, they're hu- his neighborhood's huge, man. You don't <laughs> know how big that thing stretches. Yeah, the development for Tiger <laughs> Tiger Real Estate is it's it's expanded quite a bit, even recently. Yeah. A so, lot of people sold their house during the scandal, and for me, like I knew the market would bubble, like would, I resi- think it, would it rise. It could back. have been like some guest house or something from the Tiger neighborhood, like. <laughs> In the back of some property, like I'm not sure. It could have been a shed. Yeah, it was so much shed. Yeah. Well, I mean, also your other showing, like you were in early on Bryson too. Mm-hmm. Like so, that's you've got some investments that are paying off nicely. Like, yeah, I I'm I'm don't want to say I can see 
talent, but because I mean I haven't been watching golf for that long, but I don't know. I just I I go off of I go off of personalities and swings mostly. Personality and swings and just impact and and what what the ball sounds like as weird as that sounds when they hit it. Yeah. Like just yeah. And yeah, yeah. And yeah, just the way they look on the course and the way they play. Like I was drawn to Bryson because of the one length irons and how he played, how it was so unique. Yeah. And just his his career as an amateur. So he was good and I mean the first time I saw him like I didn't know about him in his college or anything it, I saw him play at the Masters when he was an amateur and I just really liked him. Yeah, there was some there was already houses in the Bryson Yeah, there definitely Cuz he had like that insane college career. Yeah, like I went and but saw no one I was, went and saw like a demo home in the Bryson neighborhood. You're like, like okay, I, I can see what this would be like. Yeah. Okay. Let me I'll get back to you. I'm I mean, like, I went as far as to get one length irons, you know, cuz I liked the idea of it so much. Yeah. But uh yeah but yeah i don't know i mean you've made some smart real estate decisions decisions for sure are there any ones that haven't paid off for you are there any people that like you bought i mean i really those four guys are like my guys you know there's other guys that i like but that i don't like i'm not backing like yeah every tournament i'm trying to think of the ones that like i've backed that just haven't I mean, I'm a big Spieth guy too. Yeah, Spieth yeah. is in that pack too. I didn't. I just. It's hard for me to like even. But he's talk not about Spieth right now. Yeah, but for me, I think but. it's like ev- with Tiger and Spieth, and like at least for me, it's like I'm. Everyone's a part of that team. Like it's kind of like everyone's you're, on so there. Saying ba- like Spieth is like Tiger. Like yeah, like nobody. Spieth. I don't. Yeah. I think it's very rare for someone to be like, fuck Spieth. Like, yeah, I think there are some people like that, though, like with how he acts with Greller and stuff. Yeah, there, there's Greller whi- sympathizers think, out there. And honestly, I'm a Greller sympathizer. Well, they think he's whiny and bitchy. Like, there are people who don't like Spieth. But uh, I just wanted to say that, like, I Spieth is in my pack. Like, it's probably those five guys. Like, Spieth, fucking Ricky, uh, Brooks, uh, my boy Wolf, and who am I forgetting? Me. Uh, those five. We're a pack. Yeah, you don't put Bryson in that pack. No. No, no, no. I like Bryson, and I, you know. You're in on early on him. Yeah. But you were doing it purely for the fiscal return. It wasn't so much that, like. Yeah, I bought land, knew it was going to go up in value, you know. Yeah, you wanted, the, you wanted the credibility return of, like, I can see talent when I see talent. I know yeah. it's there. But it's not like you were. But like, I don't cheer for Bryson day in, day out. Yeah. Like those other guys, like, like Jordan Brooks, Ricky, and wolf yeah i mean if if i'm trying to like recollect guys that i talked about early um it was champ but that was also just because like i saw him when he was in college i'm like this kid is hitting it further than dj and he's like a sophomore in college this is insane Mm -hmm. um that was the only thing i noticed and like that's one he's had a really struggle of a first year on the PGA. He got that win at Sanderson, but it's been up and down since then. He had that one crazy bit here recently, but he didn't close it out. Um, Shoffley, I was early in on Shoffley before his yeah. rookie season, before he went back. He got his two wins his rookie season. Cantley, I was early, but he also had a crazy season in college, and then he we had a bit of a, uh issue with personal and injuries and stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I gotta say, I don't, I haven't made any bold, bold like early, early stuff. I've been early on. I was early on Hovland. I was early on Hovland. I was early on Cole Hammer. Still am. Um, that's about it. You were obviously at Wolf before me, but Hovland. I was talking about Hovland around the same time that you're talking about Wolf. Maybe a little bit after him. Definitely a little bit after. I think you got on the Hovland like whenever he was get like around when he was getting ready for the USAM and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we'll see how the, that stuff appreciates. But you've definitely been the real estate mogul out of the group for sure. It takes a little bit of gumption to make a claim like that. Yeah. But also, there you're not really losing anything if you're wrong. Yeah. But your credibility goes down. Like, okay, is that just another one of your guys that you're going to say is going to be good and not good? Yeah, but you really haven't had any, like, flame out on you. Well, that's Honestly, what I'm saying. That's why, you've, like, my credibility is high right like now. Like, your efficiency I'm, rating on choosing your stuff, like... But, you know, I'm due for someone like that, but I want to try to make sure I keep my... I just got to go with my gut like I have been. Like, that yeah. guy looks fucking good. Like, but. Yeah. I, I would even say, like, honestly, like... I know this is a long pause. I'm just trying to think. Um, obviously, Bryson was already kind of like a sure thing just with how good his college season was. But... Yeah, you were fucking right about Wolf, and that, <laughs> and today was crazy, and this is nuts, and we can start talking about Port Rush, because we're gonna be there. Yeah, that'll we'll wrap that up on fucking the three M. But fuck yeah, Wolf, you're the fucking man. We're all rooting for you over here, and go get you some more fucking tour wins. I think I think sorry, my mic is really far away. I think he deserves something in here with just like. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get a wolf ad or something. Yeah. Not the Game of Thrones one, though. No. One that's something. very, like, a one that's... He needs a logo. I know it's so early and people hate that people have logos, but, like, they just need... He just needs a wolf. Like, everyone does their initials. He needs a wolf. Like, yeah, I mean, fuck it initials. was cool that they played Hungry Like a Wolf, too, <laughs> even though that's not the best song for no, him. No, but... Duran Duran is not <laughs> the correct band for Matthew Wolf. But the like... kid has, like, 188 ball speed with his driver. <laughs> you don't play Duran Duran to get that point across. You said you wanted to say something about the uh, – before we wrap up 3M, even though we just did a second ago, uh, about the 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 – the graphic on the putting green. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know why they think like making a graphic as if it's a part of the environment immerses you more or it like calls out like, Oh, look at how hard we worked on this. It's like, no, it's just really distracting. And I get that. Like there's information there for us to see it, but like, it's not even grounded in any like realism. It's like when you see bad CGI, you're just like, that's not what the shadow of something like that would look like. <laughs> like, what is this? It's so distracting. And now I want to like, I want to look at Wolf, like get ready for his putt. And like, and now I'm like looking at, you could have put like a giant strawberry there or something. <laughs> like it was that distracting. <laughs> and it just, it just bothered me so much. And I hope they don't do that anymore. If they could just cut that shit out and just fire Gary McCord, I would be happy with every future CBS broadcast. Elon Musk, SpaceX. 
Uh, yeah, I was, I was saying that as well. I was just like, it's just it's just free association. Just whatever word pops into Gary McCord's head. He just says it. He's like, oh, he launched that straight up in the air. Uh, 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 SpaceX. Uh, Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> just like whatever ver- wor- word vomit comes out of his mouth. He's, just, he's got Tourette's, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they're just broadcasting it to millions of people. And they're like, yeah, this is fine. Like, no, you've got someone who has got something wrong with them just... It's just crazy, and I can't detach myself from hearing it. Like, I can't ignore it. It just infiltrates my head like a virus, and it just corrodes me from the inside. And maybe that's what they want. Maybe they're just – maybe CBS just wants to watch the world burn. I don't know. But they're doing a great job. (laughs) But, yeah, that'll that'll be it. Wolfie, my man, congrats. And uh, we're going to get into Royal Port Rush and the Open Championship. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't have any of these yet, but like eventually for the podcast, you could have like those little audio transmissions like, no. It's like you start a new section of talk. I'm going to fucking cut that audio piece out that you just made and make that the fucking thing. I think your laugh that followed it was a little bit too early, but maybe it'll work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that would be tight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the Open. It's coming to Royal Port Rush in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and we're going to be there fucking for probably two or three of the days, which will be tight. Yep. But I'm going to be yelling in Brooks's backswing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck don't, man. He's going to whoop you up. Yeah, I'm doing it purely for the ass whooping. I want, <laughs> I want to get a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. I would. It's not even fun to joke about. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking started it, bro. I know. But yeah, man, any uh, any opening takes or um, the golf course is sick. Um, I'm so excited to watch Lynx Golf, the European tour at um, La Hinch was sick this week. Um, I really don't have... I didn't even pay any attention to the Irish Open. I should have been, but... It's just refreshing to watch, and just with the Open coming up, you have a lot of guys that normally aren't playing the European tour playing it, mm-hmm. and uh, we just need... We need more Lynx Golf, man. Like, there's just... We need to figure out a world tour that takes us out of fucking America and to some different golf courses because I really miss watching different kinds of golf because watching Parkland golf this week is as cool as it was for the characters that were going on in the tournament. It was just boring. Mm -hmm. It was really boring golf. Like Matthew Wolf killed it, but just it was driver into rough wedge next to the flag driver into rough wedge next to the flag. Like watching those guys play LaHinch was sick and it's just a different game, and it honestly is like a much more interesting game to watch. I'm so excited for the Open. I've said it a bunch of times to this podcast that it's my favorite major. It'll be sick to watch it in person. I think the atmosphere is going to be rad. Um, we need to figure out our move there, like if we're going to just post up at a hole, because I've heard that crowds at majors are just impossible to like try to follow someone. So if we want to, <laughs> yeah, who I don't knows? Know. I don't. I don't really know yet. Um, We'll have to figure it out when it gets close to the time. Yeah. I think there's going to be a period where I'm going to try to watch like a five, six, seven hole stretch of somebody just to yeah. watch them kind of plot their way around a little bit. Um, I'll pick someone kind of smaller, though. I will try to pick someone like a 
I don't know, like a tiger maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll. Uh, He'll probably have one of the smaller cl- crowds out there. I would imagine. Probably the smallest. Um, no, I'll try to pick someone. I don't want to say Shoffley won't have a crowd, but someone like a Shoffley, like mm-hmm. maybe watch a Finau or watch a watch a Fleetwood, even though he's he's probably gonna have a decent crowd. Yeah, but he's from England. He's not from Northern Ireland. But still, he's a Euro. Like. Yeah. Or watch like a Matthew Fitzpatrick or someone that like I know will play pretty good links golf, mm-hmm. and just watch them play a different kind of game. Um. So I mean I, I'm excited for it. I really am. I, I even if we weren't going to it, I would be glued oh, to the TV. Too. It's uh, it's almost every year my favorite major. Um so it it my my first take I mean when like, it's here I'm fucking up at like 4 a.m., you know, like yeah. watching. Especially when they have the early groups that are like people that you really want to see cuz mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's always kind of a pain to watch sometimes, but it's always worth it. And when you do that too, is that you don't really have anything else going on. So you don't have work or anything. You don't have like, you don't really have anything that's getting in the way of watching it other than just like sleep. But (laughs) (laughs) who needs sleep for this weekend? Yeah. You can, you can tough it out for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but yeah, as far as like initial takes for the open this year and everything that's going on outside of players, I'm really excited to watch the course. It's a, it's going to be the conditions, are going to be very contingent upon weather as the open commonly is, but it's going to blow. It's going to be windy and it's about people being able to flight their ball, being able to control the wind, really good wind players are the people that are going to thrive there. So people like Ricky, people like uh speed, people like tiger, people that can play well with the wind that can shape it both ways. that can play the ground game. I know that I haven't named a single Euro just then, but mm. there's plenty of people that can do a great job of controlling their ball flight. Rory, the mole. Brooks, like yeah, the Ma- mole, Rory, just guys that are that Fleetwood. have had previous uh, links success. So, I mean, there's a couple guys. I mean, we can start talking about like the guys that we think are going to do well there. Yeah. But I'm excited for the golf course. I'm excited for it being in Northern Ireland. I'm excited for just a different crowd of people. We've kind of left that island and headed for another one so i i think it's going to be the best major of this year and tiger won a major this year brooks went back to back at a pga he almost went for a three-peat at the u.s open gosh that would have been so So the fact that i still think that this is going to be the best major kind of says how important links golf is to me as far as watching it yeah because at the end of the day like you're just trying to watch entertaining golf. And if a storyline is what causes it to be interesting, cool. Like tiger's comeback is insane and amazing. But at the end of the day, like I need it to be paired with some amazingly entertaining golf, which at times the masters didn't have the best, most entertaining golf with how the conditions were this year. Yeah. So I think hopefully every single day of this tournament is going to be completely gripping and intense and just a refreshing change of pace. Mm hmm. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm sure it will be. Um, uh, they got Brooks as the favorite at seven and a half to one on Bovada. Um, I couldn't really find anywhere else that had odds up this early. But do you agree with that? Um, they got R- Rory at eight to one, right behind him. Brooks is at seven to one. Is that what you're saying? Seven and a half to one. Okay, so just a half. Yeah. Um. I guess I don't know. I 
His I, caddy's from there. I know. Uh, I think out of all the majors that this is one that he doesn't have the advantages that he normally does. So I don't think it will play as much into his his hand as mm-hmm. it normally does. So I don't know. He, It's hard to say he's not the favorite, you know. It's hard to say, you know, he isn't. Because he has at the, such at the, a good record. Yeah, and, and at the U.S. Open, you said he, Brooks is not going to win. Are you going to say that again with this? Like, there's no way he's going to win this one. I don't think he's going to win, no. Okay. But, I mean, I got as close as possible. I know. You, <laughs> I said last time, like, you couldn't be more wrong while still being right. Yeah. Um, that. Do you Are you as confident that he won't win this as you were with that one? Yeah, if not more confident. Okay. But for Vegas, like, or Bovada or whatever you want to say, just for betting odds in general, I can understand why they have him as favorite, but I don't think he's the true favorite. Can you read out the top 10 right quick? Brooks, Rory, Dustin, Tiger, John Rahm, Justin Rose, The Mole, Spieth, Shoffley, Rick. Hmm. I think I agree with that. I don't know. I'm surprised Rahm is as high as he is. Yeah. They but, have Rom fifth yeah. at fourteen to one. Where I'm trying to think I don't have any computer for anyone who's listening or phone or anything like that, but I'm trying to think of what Rom did at Carnoustie last year. I feel like he was in the mix, but I don't really remember. I feel like he was in the mix though. I think he got like a top twenty and he maybe was contending at one point. Um but I think that's high considering how well other people have played this year and how, but I guess he's played pretty well too. I don't know. I, I had him as a favorite at the PGA. I had him in my group of guys selected to do well. He didn't do amazing, but then he did pretty good at pebble for a little bit. So who knows? It's a coin toss. I think Vegas has probably put more effort into this than I have just now, but I'm surprised he's fifth. Kepska Kepka finished 39th last year at the open. Just for you mean food. Rom? No, Kepka. That's who I mean. I'm looking for Rom right now, and I just saw Kepka's name, so I just said it. He finished 39th, really? Yep. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't think this is his best major to win. I think I think Brooks will win a Masters and a Masters before the Open. <laughs> I know he, he's already obviously won. I know the U.S. Open and the PGA. I bet you he'll, yeah, I bet you he'll win another PGA or U.S. Open before he wins another Open. Yeah, before he wins the. I think open. the the Open will be his hardest major to win. I agree. I, I don't. Think, I think, I think Rom got cut because I'm not seeing his name. Oh, I thought you were gonna look at like his actual profile. Um, yeah, I I think I agree with Vegas more or less. I'd probably put Rom further down near Ricky. Um. But besides that, that sounds about right. I think with Xander's history at Carnoustie and how well he did, what his form has been in majors, I'd put him ahead of Tiger, but I understand. John Rahm won this week at the La Hinch Old Course. La Hinch. Okay, so he won. Yeah, he, he won this he week. He won this week, so that's why. I didn't even watch the end of it, so I just watched it during the week. I didn't even yeah, really watch so John Rahm's in good form, I guess. So, I mean, that's a glaring error of how much I'm paying attention to the European tour after how much I'm talking about how much I enjoyed Lahinch. But I didn't yeah. see the end of it. I didn't know he won. But, yeah, he won. 
But oh, it shit. also doesn't look like there was very many heavy hitters. There were a few. There was definitely a few. But, no, that's sick. I didn't know he won it, so, you know. Yeah. Egg on my face. I, uh, I, I think that makes sense then with what they've said. Um, that's rad that he won it. It's it's great going into form for the Open, and that completely makes sense now. The world is now aligned. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Bovada is updated that quick. I mean, that would have happened earlier this morning. Yeah. And they don't want to lose money. True. But, yeah, that's sick. Good for him. And he won on the PJ Tour for the Zurich with Ryan Palmer, so that's two wins this year for him. Good to, I mean, you were talking about how he needs to be talked about for possibly being a part of a big three when we had the other mm-hmm. podcast and that he has good things to come. I mean, he's good as fuck. I actually, that's one think going back to people I called out that were going to be good, he's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talked about him before he was a pro. But... <laughs> I guess you don't want me to want to give me John Rom. Not really. <laughs> All right. I don't think it was that early. And I don't really think he was that I, I think every I think everyone kinda knew um Rom was gonna be good. Rom was gonna be good. Um Yeah, I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And honestly, like, I still think Rom Rom's stock really he's the kind of company that came out and like his IPO started off already really high GoPro like they haven't done much since they come out yeah yeah I would say more like he's kind of like a lift or like a (laughs) or like an like an uber light in the sense of like he came on the market with a very strong IPO like people were buying high already when he came onto the market like he was a private equity firm that 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 came out pretty late after all the hype had already been kind of on him. So it was hard to buy cheap on Rom. Yeah. <laughs> At least I get what you're saying. Um But that's that's sweet. I, I feel really embarrassed that I didn't know he won Lahinch just now and I think I don't really know how to yeah, reconcile I don't really that. Feel that bad at the beginning I said I didn't watch any of it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I think it's hard to argue against Brooks with his caddy growing up there. I think it's hard to argue against Rory just with how good he's been at the opens the last five, six years. Um, and that he's been playing statistically his best golf ever right now. It's, it's kind of crazy to think that the two favorites right now, are Rory and Brooks, and there's really not a strong argument to make that they shouldn't win it. Whereas when you look at the favorites for majors in the past, where it's like, I kind of had some reasons to suspect that DJ shouldn't win the U.S. Open at Pebble, or that um, I guess Tiger was the favorite for the Masters or DJ or something like that. But I had an argument for either of them to possibly not win it. But I really don't have a good argument to say that Brooks or Rory shouldn't win this, this Open. And do you have any solid cases for why Rory wouldn't just because he's just been not playing as well at the majors? Um, no, I think Rory is a great bet. <laughs> <laughs> Even at one to eight to one. Yeah. 
I think. I mean, you're not going to get a huge bang for your buck, but I think he's I think he's going to be in the mix. So I mean, if you're looking for someone like for a bang for your buck or something, uh that's a whole different story. But as far as winners go, if you're trying to pick a winner, I think Rory's a good a good bet. Yeah, if you had a if you were with your friends and they asked you like, "All right, you know, who's winning this like you got a, your best shot who's winning this i think it's rory nah he hits the ball too high that's what i've been hearing <laughs> that's what people have been telling me and those people are dumb <laughs> those people are crazy but no uh yeah i think he i think he's a great bet um who i mean are we going to do our our pick three guys thing sure it's gonna be tough with me not having a screen in front of me i can uh lend you my phone if you want yeah if you can pull up the odds for me on the phone um it's not that i need to see the odds it's just i need to see a list of people that are in the open um and it's hard for me to just like pull them off the top of my head yeah three guys three man Best ball across the four days. Do you want to put some money on it? Um, I'm uh, we can a small wager because I plan on putting some money on a few guys. And you already have some money on this final one that you'll have to pay me if Ricky doesn't win. I have to pay you fifty bucks, right? Yep. If he doesn't win, if he doesn't win, I'm also going to put some more money on Ricky. So, how do you want to break up the three that? It's got to be t- uh, top tier, middle tier, and lower tier. Okay. And what, what would you consider to be um, where middle starts? Yeah. Is that 150 to one or um, or middle is middle is middle's probably, 50 to one? Yeah. Middle is probably 50 to one. Okay. Middle is 50 to one and then 150 to one or 100 to one? Um, probably 100 to one will be the lower tier. Okay. There really is not a lot of people in this tournament. Well, no, there. My guess is that this is a Bovada thing. Like, uh, they don't have, they don't, they don't, they don't have, uh, they don't have everyone on it. Or they usually have everyone on it. It's still early. Yeah, I somehow like lost all those the like list. random amateurs, not amateurs, but Damn people it. that qualify in. Yeah. I'm trying to pull this cheese. <laughs> oh, I've like tried man. to mask the other ones by talking <laughs> and like not acknowledging them, but that's like the fourth or fifth one. I mean, sometimes you got to let the beast eat. As they like to say, I just wonder how many people that are going to have like their earbuds in like, <laughs> like on the run. They just hear someone rip ass. <laughs> it's like, Oh, cool! That's exactly what I hear, want to hear in my podcast. Like you don't people, hear like people you don't like hear the like real the like the realness of it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> they do, man. I'm just thinking of like whenever you are listening to like like a Bill Simmons or a Joe Rogan or like the ec- Economist or like fucking like New York Times the Daily and you just like, hear someone just rip ass <laughs> in the background like you don't you think they're not going to edit back over that <laughs> unedited I can't find golf what the heck how did you do this do you just search here I'll get it give it to me 
I think I can do this. <laughs> I think I've got this, man. Anyways. I've got to back up. Okay. All right. So, how I, I feel like there's not a, it doesn't really matter who goes first. Cause I feel like we're going to have a different choice for the top one. Okay. Because you said, like, I clearly think it's Rory. You think it's someone else. So it sounds like... I don't not think it's Rory. I think he's a good pick. <laughs> I I don't think it's Brooks. It might be Rory. I don't think it's not going to be Rory. I don't think it's going to so be So do we DJ. have to flip for Rory, or what are we doing? I mean, the way we've done it, like, we can pick the same guys. I don't think we should pick the same guys. It's just you and me. Yeah. No, we didn't. We couldn't pick the same guys when it was me, you, and Jimmy. Yeah, because you both I'm, picked Brooks. No, I'm talking about uh, the PGA when you and I, when we did the th- the four-man best ball for that. Do you remember that? Not not for the U.S. Open. That was when we just chose guys. I'm talking about when we tallied up, like when, you, when Jimmy yeah. had to give you two bucks or whatever. Okay, so we'll have different guys. Yeah. Um, did you want to... Uh, I mean, you can you can go first and you can have Rory. That's fine. I'll take Rory. Um, we'll snake it so you'll get the first choice of the, the middle guy. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I guess for shits and gigs, I'm going to take Rick. Interesting. And so 51 is what begins this, right? Well, you can get someone who's at 50. Like you could get Leishman or Gary Woodland if you wanted to. But it, I, I guess I get middle pick first, right? Yep. So I, I think I'm going to go with. Uh, hmm, this is kind of tough because I, I, my gut wants to go with Kucher, but my gut also wants to go with Graham McDowell. Yeah, I mean he's the only one who's actually from Port Rush. Yeah. And he's been playing well. Um, he's it's going to be part of it that inspires him. I think I'm I'm going to go with Kucher though. I'll go with Tony Finau. All right. And then my lower grade, a hundred to one choice, is going to be. Oh, Cameron Champ is in the open. Um. Wow, I know who I'm going for. I will go with Kisner. Gosh, that's who I was going to go with. <laughs> um, I'll go with Brendan Grace. That's fair. All right. This concludes our snake draft. Yes, it does. But I think we both kind of know who we think are going to be solid contenders in their different brackets. So are there different tiers? I think we both clearly see what the benefit is in Kisner. And I think this lends itself to possibly being a a good spot for him. Who was your middle guy again? My middle guy was Tony Finau. Finau. My middle guy was Kuchar. If I could pick another guy anywhere on the table, I would probably pick Shoffley, him or Brooks. I, th- I I think I think Rory is the favorite in my head. 
I think Brooks and Shoffley are close seconds. And after Rom's win, I needed to watch more of Rom. I feel like I didn't really see that much Rom. What did he do today? Where did he just like come from behind? I don't even know. Um, but I, I, I think Shoffley and 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 Brooks are the close people that are nipping at Rory's heels in my kind of favorites category. Mm-hmm. What about everybody's boy Tiger? How do you think he's going to fare? The guy doesn't play golf unless it's a major. He played uh Colonial. <laughs> no, he didn't play Colonial. He played the Memorial. Oh, that's what I meant. Um, and he didn't even play. Doesn't he have his own? He has he that Washington event was his. And then. Wasn't the Detroit one supposed to be his, but he didn't even play that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't played very much since then. I understand it. It's kind of like, not to make this a different, different sports thing, but it's like load management, which is popular in the NBA right now is that you want to just keep yourself fresh for, for I just think how fresh is he going to be? Is he going to be so fresh that he's stale? Like so fresh that he's stale. That should be like a title of like a <laughs> so should be a title of an album or something. <laughs> um, he he tried this with the PGA. He didn't play between the Masters and the PGA, um, and then he played it, between the PGA and the US Open. Didn't go well for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't even remember what he finished at the U.S. Open, but. Nothing. I mean, he was kind of in the mix, wasn't he? Not really. (laughs) I'm sliding his phone back to him right now to look up what he got at the U.S. Open because I feel like he had an opportunity, didn't he? No, he didn't. Really? (laughs) Really. I feel like I might just be like, this is this is why memory. This is why I twenty one two under the winning score was. Oh wait. Uh, hold on. T21, yeah, two under. The winning score was 13 under. So, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> this is why you can't trust eyewitness accounts of anything. That's why the cops don't care if you saw anything. They don't even trust you. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, Tiger was like two off the lead starting Sunday, and... He may have shot like, you know, just like a couple under, and I yeah, I I already thought he did better than that at the U.S. Open, which is kind of a shame. Um, no, but I think so. The U.S. the U.S. Open is kind of a tough thing to kind of expect him to ever do well at, whereas the Open, I think, is going to be one of the few places that he'll continue to contend for several more years. Uh, that in the Masters. Yeah, I'm not saying that he can't contend. What I'm saying is he needs reps. Like I understand that is he's older and his body may not necessarily. But he played a lot last year. No, I'm trying to agree with you. Like he played yeah. a lot last year. Yeah. So. I mean, he does. He doesn't have to play as much as last year, but it seems like he's playing a like a quarter of what he did play. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I don't really by give this a point. Shit. By this I'm point, just saying like as far as if 
for Tiger fans and people that want to see him do well, that, like, I don't think that I don't think that he's scheduling himself himself out. Like obviously he knows his body, and I think that that might be the problem. I think his body is again shutting down on him. I don't know. This is all speculation. Yeah, so, that's what I'm feeling. Obviously, I have a good feel for golfers and players as we've went over in the earlier in the podcast. And what I'm feeling is that I get his what you're body saying. is breaking down. Bro. Let's keep, but let's keep this in the context of how this year is different from last year. By this point last year, there's still only two majors would have passed. The Masters and the U.S. Open. Because of this consolidated schedule, it feels like more time has passed because we're already at the Open. But... In reality, like there was still a PGA to come, there was still more like there was more time for him to play more golf. He'll meet up, he'll get back up to these number of starts with after the Open because he'll play. You really, you really think he's gonna play a bunch more golf after the Open? Yeah, I think he'll play. I'll bet you he plays the he'll playoffs. play the playoffs. But it's, that's like five more events. He won't play fifteen starts or whatever. Regardless, it is. sure. All I'm saying is, if if I think he needs to have at least a, a tournament leading up to each of the majors to get in competition mode, that's just that's just my opinion. Going into this cold, like you may be practicing at home and you may be hitting the range and all that, but like, can you look at his previous starts right quick? Just look at his official World Golf rankings. It should show you. So his last start was at the U.S. Open, then the Memorial PGA Championship Masters Dell yes. Match Play. So he hasn't he hasn't played in between these two majors. He didn't play between the Masters and the PGA. He played between the PGA and the U.S. Open, and now he's not playing between the U.S. Open and the Open. Yeah, I mean, clearly neither of them work. <laughs> start, using a start and not using a start, so... At the end of the day, I think less is more in the sense of like if doing one tournament doesn't help you enough. But it wasn't the week before. What I'm saying is play, think play go week- play the Irish Open, get into that time zone or that general time zone, get used to the conditions and go fucking try to win the Is that a good idea though? I think it is. For him? Because he didn't, he didn't play the week before the Masters, and he won if, it. If what if uh, what I'm saying, what I think is right, and his body is fucking up on him, then maybe it isn't the right choice. But if they say like he's good to go, then I think that's what he should be doing. But that's not what he did before he won the Masters. He didn't play the week before the Masters. Yeah, but he played a bunch leading up to the Masters, a lot more than he has been the rest of this year, at least. But there's more tournaments before the Masters than there are between the, before the other ones. There's a bunch of tournaments before the match. They may not be bigger. But, I'm, big but if you spaced out the ones he did before that, so he played match play, and before that he played, he played Riv- match. His match play was the tournament before the Masters. The and then he played Riviera. Did he play he Honda? He played the players before he the played, match play. He, he played the players. He played match play. He played Bay Hill, and he played Riviera. He played four tournaments before. He played Dell match play, the players before that, WGC Mexico before that, the Genesis before that, Farmers before that. Oh, yeah. He, did he not play Bay Hill? Uh-uh. Oh, he didn't play Bay Hill. That's unfortunate. So it, over the course of three months, he played five five tournaments. Right? Uh, I don't know the exact dates on all those, so I don't know. If so it if, if the match is the beginning of, the air, of April, so March, February, January, 
He didn't play in January at all. So in two months, he played five starts, which is which is more, clearly more than what he's been playing now. Mm-hmm. But not by much, because he plays a major, which well, is once a month. Going up to the Masters, though, he did WGC Mexico and then took a week off, played the players, then played match play, and then went to the Masters. Like, that was a pretty, qu- like, quite a bit of playing before the Masters. No, you're missing events between there, though. There was No, I'm not saying those were consecutive, like, week after week after week, but, like, that was, like, played a tournament, week break, played a tournament, week break, Masters. Like, there was consistent playing. No, because you're skipping Honda and Bay Hill back-to-back. That's a two-week gap. Regardless, it's quite a bit more playing than what he's doing now but there's only four weeks between majors right now and he played the memorial which is We're giving him too nitty and gritty all i'm saying is he needs to be playing he needs to be playing more is all i'm saying yeah I, I don't think he's playing enough i don't necessarily disagree with the fact that going over and playing the irish open before the open that's taking place in northern ireland is a bad idea like it it's not a bad idea it's uh it's if his body's not good for him. Like, he can't play two weeks in a row. Like, people don't want to say that, but wh- why else wouldn't he be doing that? Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want him to push it, obviously. Like, I don't, I don't mind the idea of him playing the week before the week before. <laughs> like, I just think all these people want him to go win tournaments. You know what? And... S- s- sorry, so... Frankie played the Quicken Loans, which is three weeks before the Open, and won it, and then won the Open. Um, maybe that's the right window. Like, give yourself two weeks off before the major, right? So, regardless, going major and then your next start is another major. I just think is not the way to go. But yeah. What do I know? I'm just a kid doing a podcast. Yeah, but I mean, this is part of it. So yeah. it's trying to figure out what what's. I mean, you're trying to for a guy that you don't like. You're trying to figure out the best method for him to win. <laughs> so I mean, this is this is admirable that you're even doing that. I just think that the logic is flawed. I think he's an idiot for doing what he's doing unless he knows something that the general public doesn't know, like his body's Dude, fucking You know what up. the chances are? He probably does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just but I don't think, think it's a body thing. There's probably something that we don't know. What that, is it? Who who's to say that like training a different way isn't doesn't yield better results? I think that the competitive reps mean more than fucking doing it. What else could he be doing that's going to prepare him better? But Tiger's kind of statistically always played a very limited schedule in general. Like even when he was in his prime, he was never playing a bunch of events. He was just winning a bunch of events. I'm going to go back to it's so fresh that it's stale line for okay. that. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, this all started with you asking me, like, what do you think? I, How do I think Tiger's going to do there? And I, I don't have a whole lot of reason to doubt him. I think uh, I personally just think I have – I don't have anything negative to say about Tiger in going to this. I don't have a lot of uh, doubt. I just have a lot more confidence in other people right now. So it's not that I don't think Tiger can't do well there. I think he could. He did well at Carnoustie. Um, I would argue that he had a better chance of closing that out than he did Bell Reeve, even though he technically got closer to winning at Bell Reeve than he did at Carnoustie. 
Um, I I don't think he's going to win. I think that he's a bad choice for betting. He always is a bad choice for betting because Vegas is always um, hedging their bets with that. Um, I hope that he wins. I hope that he does it. But I I have way more confidence in Brooks, Rory, Shoffle, Ricky. Um, I, I have the same amount of confidence in Tiger winning as I do Spieth right now. But you were saying that this is Spieth's best major to win right now. Like you, you had more confidence in Spieth winning this one than any of the other ones. You're like, he's gonna be ready well, by this besides point. Besides the Masters, but yeah, but we were talking about it after the yeah. Masters. It was like, you don't like Spieth for, you didn't like Spieth for Pebble. You didn't think he'd be ready for it. You didn't mm-hmm. think, you thought he wouldn't be ready until now. Do you think he's ready now, or do you think this is just his best shot? I think it's his best shot. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. He hasn't really played that much either. No. I don't think Jordan's going to win. It feels like a lot of people have been quiet recently. You don't really, you're you're not seeing a whole lot from very many people right now. I don't, I don't know if that's just how this schedule has lent itself. Um, The accelerated nature of the majors right now is great. While at the same time, Jordan has played the travelers since the U S open. Yeah. And that's because he won it recently, the year before last. He won it in 2017, I think. So, yeah, I I have him and Tiger around the same confidence level. Vegas has them very similar in, in, in odds. Um, so, that kind of makes sense. I I'm looking forward to seeing a different mix of people in contention. You, we saw that a little bit at the U.S. Open with Pebble with how short it was, but... I mean, Brooks will be playing the Travelers and the 3M <laughs> since the U.S. Open. So, two events. Yeah, and then he'll probably take this week off. And then but, I mean, but that's that's half the tournaments that are between then and now, isn't it? You have the, you have the Quicken Loans, the Travelers. He didn't play Detroit. Which was Rocket Mortgage Quicken Loans, right? Um, yes, I believe so. So you, we had 3M, we had Travelers, Rocket Mortgage Quicken Loans, and then I, whatever next week is. Yeah, I'm not sure what next week is. Um, and then the following week is Barbasol at the same time as, uh, I don't know. Is it, oh, it might be a WGC. You know what Wolf should do is go play fucking Barbasol while the Open's going on and win that bitch, too. You know what the, your issue is, is that I think the next week... God, we should, we're should we so underprepared for a podcast. I think next week is a WGC and Tiger will play that. I think it's WG Memphis. So underprepared. I mean, this you guys come to us win. for our knowledge and anyone who's actually listening at this point, we're an hour and 10 minutes in. Holy shit. Like I like they're in it for the whole anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all good. Uh, John Deere classic. I don't think he's playing it. Holy shit. How am I? Dude, every single thing I say is making me less confident <laughs> in my own abilities to know things. John Deere classic. Some do call it the fifth major. So yeah, that's true. 
Not many at all, but some. The John Deere. Yeah, I don't think Tiger's playing it. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it does make sense for them to make a WGC before major. Right. I've taken some shots out in the dark <laughs> on this podcast today, and I've been wrong about a lot of them. Um, I'm that's not. all right, man. I don't pretend to be all knowing, but you gotta you gotta take some shots for the for the for the audience. And this isn't my finest hour. It's you gotta keep keep them coming though. So if they're false, they're false. It also doesn't help that I have nothing to research things on in front of me right now. Um, and we came fresh off of a off of a win right now for Wolf Emergency Podcast, and we turned it into an open one after. Yeah, but I mean. With all of that being said, uh, I think Tiger should be playing more, but that's just me. But I don't really give a shit. He can go and lose tournaments. So talk through some of your picks, though. So, my, like the picks we picked, or just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I picked uh, my boy Rick Kuchar and Grace. Besides the fact that you just have like infatuation with Rick, what parts of his game do you think um, lend himself to? I mean, obviously, he can flight the ball well. He can shape the ball both ways. Um, he plays well in adverse conditions. Um, the harder the conditions, the better he plays against the field, I think. And, uh, you know, normally in, in the open, you know, the wind's going to be gl- blowing. It could be raining, especially in Ireland. Who the fuck knows what the weather's going to be doing? And I think that's when Ricky thrives. Like, throw, let Mother Nature throw fucking whatever she can at at the field and he's going to be the guy that's over there just with his umbrella and walking up the fairway like calm cool and collected yeah so i think that's where you know it where he'll thrive you know if if you know the weather comes out but um you know those are just some of the reasons i like ricky at this course i mean i don't think he's ever played it but We'll see. But, I'll yeah. talk. I'll talk through my top pick. I okay. think it's pretty easy to talk. I think it's easy to sell someone Rory on this, yeah. except for a couple people out there. Um, <laughs> but Rory is obviously statistically the best golfer in the world right now. He has the highest stroke gained against the field right now. He is either top fiving or winning tournaments right now, pretty much, um, except for majors. Damn Rory! I know this is a major, but. I think it should be said that he's still playing phenomenal golf. He's from Northern Ireland. He's not unfamiliar to Lynx golf. He's been there early practicing for it. While he hasn't been getting his reps in, like some people apparently need to get, he's been getting his time in at Port Rush, which is important. Um, whether Tiger's doing that or not, who knows? I have no idea. He doesn't really talk too much on social media. I about think we would definitely be seeing it on social media if he was. Fair enough. Um, because he, he was doing that at the PGA Championship, and they were showing it. But that's because he showed up in his fucking yacht. <laughs> you don't think he sailed his yacht across the no, motherfucking no, Atlantic? No, he took his private jet. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, he's obviously from the surrounding area, and uh, he's he holds the course record as like a fucking 14-year-old there. Um that was also on social media. I don't know if that's actually true or not. So let me preface it by saying asterisk. Someone look that up if that's I think true. That's true, but I think the course has been redone since that. Yeah, it has. It experienced changes since then. Yeah. But uh, 
his track record at the Open recently has been phenomenal. Solo second last year. He got T3rd the year before that or T4th. I think he actually got T4th the following year after that. Uh, And then he got a T5th, and then he had a hurt ankle because he was playing soccer, and he missed uh, that Open the year before that. He won. So he has a pretty fantastic history with the Open, despite some people's notions of him being just very much like a wet, soggy conditions kind of player, which I've said in the past, but at the end of the day, like he's still a phenomenal golfer, possibly the most gifted golfer on the planet. Um, He's more than capable of getting it done here. Um, I think there's just so many things that play into his hand and he's an easy person to talk yourself into betting on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I think he's here, here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, are we going to talk about our other guys or just, yeah, let's go down the list. All right. Well, I got, obviously I had Rick as first and then I got Kucher. Um, I went with Kucher over Graham McDowell for that pick, and uh, I did that because Kuch has had a great year. I think he has three he, wins this year, two. Three I wins. Te- I think technically this season he's had yeah. three wins. Three wins, um, and he he's just a consistent guy. You know, he he's gonna hit fairways. He's gonna play. He I think he's just gonna be in the mix. And I mean, they two years ago against Spieth, mm-hmm. like. He was right there, could have won it. Um, he's just always in the mix, and I think he's going to win a major soon. He has to win one soon, otherwise his time's going to run out. But uh, I think he'll get it done at some point, and I think I think the Open is probably one of his better chances. The yeah. guys that don't hit it as long, yeah. those are usually the better places for them. But he was also in the mix. At the he's extremely patient. If yeah. there's anything I can say about Kuchis, he's very patient. He he's pretty good at staying calm. I think he's very Ricky esque in that sense that he's one of those guys that will just trudge his way around a course and just continue. Like you'll never think he's like, he's never too worried about run. Like if someone's in front of him, he's not too worried about keeping up with them. He's just going to keep playing. Yeah. Like we'll eventually get back to the same destination. You'll take your way. I'll take mine. I'll see you at the finish line. Um, so I, I totally understand that pick. I don't think he's a terrible, I was looking at his name too in that, in that, um, I think he's got something similar in the same way that he has these benefits that Ricky has as well, whether it's their calm demeanor and it's the way they handle themselves out on the course. I think he has the same detriment that Ricky has. And I just don't think either of them have that extremely passionate fire to like kick it into redlining it high, high gear, just fucking pedal the metal. Like let's Mm -hmm. get this shit done that I think prevents them to crossing that finish line before everybody else. Um, and that's why I kind of go for these guys that I think have a remarkably higher ceilings. So while I didn't choose Rom, but someone like Rom, like I can see them like yeah. But if we're he also playing like a best ball over. That's four true. Rounds. So that's a strategic thing that yeah. you could have done. I absolutely agree. And I know I've said in the past in the podcast as well that like Rom's fire might be a detriment to him, mm-hmm. but I do think that it 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 is the reason he gets. I, wins. Well, I mean. We weren't picking winners. We were, you know, we're picking for the yeah, the middle ground yeah. here. Yeah, of course. But I, I was just trying to show the counter example as someone who does have that passion and that fire mm-hmm. that has propelled them to a win before. Um, so as far as like high ceilings and people that I think can get it done, that's why I chose Tony Finau. I know he hasn't won besides one opposite event as a major, but he does statistically do really well in majors. He does have. He's just a birdie machine. He'll just get some big numbers every once in a while. 
Um, he strikes me as the kind of guy that I think will do well there. I'm not exactly sure why. I just think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mostly because he has such a short swing that like the flight doesn't really reach towering apexes. And I he doesn't strike me as a guy who can really get too creative. He's kind of a guy that that has a game plan, sticks to it, and then if it form fits to a course, awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I think he it's gonna be suited well for this course, and I think he has the the resilience to handle when the conditions get tough and the weather gets unpredictable. Okay. I kind of do not like that pick. <laughs> Tony, Tony Fino? Fino? Yeah. Yeah, tell me why. Um just I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I just <laughs> I just don't think that see like I think the open championship is probably the least likely of the majors that Tony Finau would win. I think he's more of a US Open PGA Championship kind of guy. Okay. Like I think uh, I'm not saying he can't play Lynx golf. I'm not saying that. Like, I'm sure he can fly his ball and do. And what I'm he not has trying to, to like trap you into like being wrong here or anything like that. But can you pull up his Carnusi? I actually don't remember what he got there. I don't know either. But uh, I know yeah, Shafi well. was in, in the mix there, and I kind of think of them as like I had similar trajectories for them in my head when they both came out on tour, and Shafi clearly like has vastly outperformed Tony Finau in that extent. Um, but they had similar. And Roy didn't solo second it was a tie with him kisner shoffley and rose last year just to okay let you know i didn't know that i just literally yeah. saw it but uh Finau tied t9 last year okay so he did pretty well yeah he did well um and i i also preface saying that i you know, I didn't. Yeah, I, I remember him doing OK, but I didn't want to like be like, hey, you got a top 10. I just said I think it's the least likely that he would win this one out of, you know, I think he'd rather or he'd more more likely get a PGA or. A now, do you open. think now saying that, do you think he's just really likely to win those other ones at some point or you think that not really likely? I think so. You that, do think I it's think unlikely it's, that he'll win this this major this like major. You, you think it, so like the, at, at Port Rush, would you if about. I if I gave you a bet and I don't feel con like this kind of answers my own question, but I don't feel confident taking this bet. But like, would you do a twenty dollar bet for Tony Fino winning the Open by the age of fifty? Like, which side of the bet am I on? Like, like against, he won't win it. So if he does do it by the age of fifty. You would give me twenty. I would bucks. give you twenty bucks, and if he doesn't, you. I don't want to do bucks. this bet because that's yeah. such a long time. But I'm just asking, like, in the sense, like, I, it's just to illustrate a point. I would take that bet just because the money's not. That's not very much money. Okay, um, <laughs> but that's not, that's not the point I'm trying to make, though. The point I'm trying to make is that, like, you think this is the least likely he's going to win. So without saying he's going to get a grand slam, like that's the point. Is like he won't ever get this one then. I'm not saying he won't ever do it, but I think it's the least likely out of the four majors. Yeah, that's I, all I'm saying. Yeah, I get that. That's like a difficult thing to like pin someone down to saying. Yeah. And I mean, it it could be his first one he wins. I don't fucking know, but I'm just saying what I think. Yeah. And I mean, and he's just gotten top fives at pretty much all of them, so it's like hard mm -hmm. to say like he's not going to do it at any other ones either. Yeah, I and I almost kind of I agree. just don't know if he's a closer. He hasn't shown that he's a closer. 
He's like Rick in that regard. Yeah. Um, Except Rick does have some more tournament wins than him. He's been on tour twice as long. But he, Tony, he Rick, what, Rick has had more wins since he started, since when Tony started. Like, yeah. So I agree with all those things. And like I said, we're also talking about this game, and we're not talking about who's going to win it. Like, yeah. He's a birdie machine. He's going to get a best ball for my team. So I, I, he's usually pretty solid in that, ex, in that part. Um, but I, I wasn't strictly choosing people because of this game. I was also choosing people. I just thought we're going to play well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I'll hop into my third one, which I'm pausing because it's Kisner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, we both know why Kisner is a, Good choice for this <laughs> tournament. Um, he doesn't hit super long, but he plays his own game, as we've said about with Finau. He's a, that like, he's a good putter. Um, I think he's even said himself that the most likely one that he's going to win would be the Open. Um, so it, it makes sense. I think he. I think he's a great bunker player. I think he's good at kind of thinking his way around a course. He's pretty good at being creative with how he approaches the game. Um, he's accurate. He's going to avoid the trouble as best he can. Uh, his ball flight is good for wind. Um, and he strikes me as the kind of guy that won't be phased by other players or by the weather. He'll just kind of be like, this is what I get. This is what I get. Like, he's not going to like feel sorry for himself. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you get that far down the list of players, you start looking for personality traits and character traits that you think will give someone a chance to play well, and mm-hmm. whether it's in streaks or across the whole board. So I don't need to convince you why Kisner's a good pick because yeah. you're going to choose him. Yeah, I'm a fan of Kisner, and I, I agree with everything you said. Um, my third guy is Brendan Grace. Um, he's a Salk, South African, for those of you that don't know that term. It's a very common term. Uh, he, God, you better hope that's not like actually like a term. It's like a negative one. <laughs> that like, like he just called them like the worst thing you could call <laughs> someone. It's all in good fun, folks. Anyways, uh, I know a South African that I call a Salk, and he has nothing wrong with it. Anyways, <laughs> I like the clip. Like I've got a black friend, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I, it's okay. I know a gay guy. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't really have a great reason that I picked him. I know he's done well in the opens in the past. Um, I think he shot the course record at whatever the course was, uh, that. Spieth oh won yeah, at. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Burke, Royal Burke. Royal Burke. Burkdale. Yes. Did he shoot the course record? I think there? he tied I it. I think, yeah, I, I do. I feel like I remember that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he can play Lynx golf well. And whenever you took Kisner, that was the name that stood out to me. So that's why I went with him. And he's been playing decent golf lately. I think I, I've seen his name on the leaderboards a bit. So that's why I went we with didn't him. Take, we didn't take any non-PGA Tour pros. Now, look, thinking back, though, like... European tour players play more links golf than PGA tour players. I'm surprised we didn't go with a Matthew Fitzpatrick or a Thomas Peters or a, or I, a 
Thorn Olsen. I or, saw their names. I just I have more confidence in the guys I pick. Now, is that just because we're exposed to them more? Is that because we think PJ Tour players are just better and they can figure out a links course fast enough if they need to? B. Option B. Option B. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that they're better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, clearly, like, just looking at the previous majors, like, PJ Tour players are the ones that are winning them. Like, mm-hmm. Molinari is kind of a, was a blend sort of at the time, but yeah. he's very much a PJ Tour player now. And I think Molinari is going to slowly go into a, a, a valley. Like, we're gonna not, not going to see much of him. Well, he's, he's on the older side, and he was very much taking advantage of his peak hot when streak. he... Yeah, his hot streak, and I wouldn't count him out, to use your vernacular. I um, wouldn't count him out either. I just think... I, I think he's hopping off the train, and he's going to go on vacation, and we're not going to see him for a while. For a while. So, <laughs> if it's a vacation, he's coming back, or like, or is he retiring from... No, he might come back for a tournament or two. You don't think he, you don't the, think we've seen his last win. I don't think we've seen his last win, but I think he might not see. He might have a two or three more wins. I don't. I don't know, but I don't think because I mean, if we're in the grand scheme of things, Bay Hill wasn't that long ago. Not at all. Yeah. Like he won recently, but I think that he is hopping off the train. <laughs> yeah, that feels a little too recency bias for me. Like he just didn't get it done. We had him at a caliber of Brooks. Like he's he was there at the Masters. He was going to be the guy that was ice cold. I did not. I have never had the mole at a caliber of Brooks. Are you kidding me? You weren't afraid of the mole at the Masters. He didn't bogey for the first fucking three rounds. Dude, I'm. I've never had the mole at the caliber of Brooks. The mole has been riding a hot streak for a year. I will say on this podcast that when we are watching the Masters this year. I for sure thought of Mole as possibly the most dominant player on the planet. <laughs> That's so easy to laugh at in retrospect, but like... <laughs> I know. I remember you saying that during that time. Because he was. He you was... can say that, but he just... I would never... I, I never held him to the same caliber as Brooks. No fucking way. Dude. I'm not ready to write off the mole. I mean, dude, I had the mole on my fantasy team last year. Like, I, I got respect for the mole, but I'm just saying he was riding a hot streak. Pete, like, Brooks still, he, all, he still only had three majors, and I get that that's only three, three. majors. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, like, he, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't as off as he is now obviously like that we wouldn't be having this conversation if he wasn't but like he was insane and i still think he can be and like the mole is my boy (laughs) but also i i truly think that like he was in the mix for so long and then he broke through and like you felt like he connected all these things together and then he just started rattling off wins and he was in contention everywhere. He just didn't get faced by anybody who would never fucking bogey. And I think there's an argument to be said that, like, if you don't have those faltering moments and you just are always getting pars and birdies, that, like, that's fucking scary. Like, it's cr- like someone can get on a hot streak and win. Like, anybody can do that. But the mole is just so fucking steady. And 
that's what's most compelling about his story is that like yeah maybe his like he doesn't shoot a bunch of fucking 61s and twos but like he's gonna keep dropping fucking 68s all over your face every single fucking day and just like <laughs> damn <laughs> like and he'll do that to a win like i so you think he's gonna be rattling off wins <laughs> i mean dude he he kind of did like he won the quicken he won the open he won bay hill and that's it if it wasn't for the legendary <laughs> collapse on fucking 12 that was his masters to lose like he had an abysmal sunday at the masters he hit a damn pine cone. He almost came back if it weren't for the damn pine cone. Dude, uh, all I'm saying is the guy has hopped off the train. No, this is what you're essentially doing to keep with the theme of this podcast. You sold your real estate on, on Mole Island. I never had real estate on Mole Island. What do you mean Island? you pulled him on your you, – you picked him third on your fantasy team. Yeah, I had a lease. I had a lease. <laughs> I had a lease. You didn't have any real estate on Mole Island. I had a lease, and it was nice while I had it. And, you know, my year lease was up, and I got off of that. Went on to bigger and better things. Didn't even earn equity on his major wins, none of that stuff. Like, you just no, had it, a lease. I, I earned a bunch from his major wins. How do you do that with a lease? <laughs> um, or do you buy and my sell? Fantasy team. I'm just trying to keep this metaphor going. You can't lease something and then get money like as like a dividend or when you cash in off like you, when you sell your shares. Listen, bro. Or your property. It worked out fine for me. Was it a lease or did you own it? <laughs> I leased it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how you th- th- this fantasy real estate world works differently than this world. It definitely does. But as as of right now, you don't own any real estate on Francesco Molinari Island. I don't, but I respect the people who do. Okay. And I, I like the place. I leased a spot on it. Like, it's a nice place, but yeah. not a place I want to buy land. Not a place where I want to lay down and roll around a bit. So do you think... So this is... As far as... as if someone doesn't own Frankie Molinari real estate or stock right now what's your advice do they buy or sell depends on how they i've got a new segment for this podcast <laughs> and we're gonna do it every week and it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be real estate corner it's gonna be <laughs> and it's gonna be we're gonna have a list of five guys and it's gonna be buy or sell their real estate and we'll check I, uh, back i'd be i'd be uh I'd be selling real estate on Mole Island right now. Really? So sell. If you own, yeah, but like because real estate's going to be going down on Mole Island. Okay. It's at, it was at a high and it's going down now. Do you see it ever being a smart idea to buy again? Yeah, when he hits uh hits hits a low bottom point and he might be right, right before he gets his uh his next win, which might be in a year <laughs> a year year or two. So Dave's advice to all you guys out there looking for investments is try to buy at the low point and then like right before it starts to climb with a win. Uh, let's. I'm going to try to tie you down to something more specific. Do you buy within the next year or do you think it's going to be two years before you'd buy Wait real estate again? Wait a year to buy. Wait a year to buy. Okay, that's something I'll hold you to. Wait a year to buy. We'll check back in before the next open. If Mole has two more wins since then, we can probably say that your real estate advice is garbage. Yeah, we'll see. 
or even a win. I think even a win is enough to say that your real estate advice is garbage. Unless he like missed all cuts, <laughs> made a win and missed all cuts again. But hey, I still think Mole's going to be his moley self and, you know, keep the bogues to a minimum, make a bunch of pars and some birds and be his consistent self, but I don't think he's going to be rattling off wins like he was. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you got property and you like it there, keep your property. But if you're looking to make a change, you know, go ahead and sell. I think it's a good time to sell. If you're looking to, if you're looking for a new place, come on over to Wolf, Matthew Wolf neighborhood. I mean, I think it's already like, it's not too late to buy Matthew Wolf, but like, it's kind of obvious now to buy Matthew Wolf. (laughs) I'm just saying like, but still, it's still, I mean, the same sense, like you should still buy Facebook stock now, guys. Like for real, like the worst company ever. They're the worst. They suck. And, you know, maybe Elizabeth Warren breaks them up. Who knows if she wins? But uh, big tech wins sometimes, guys. Like, you just got, you got to, you got to, they're still high as fuck, but they can still do more. Like, they, the the system rewards the big dogs. They It's built for them. They got fucking lobbyists. Um, not to get too political too fast, but it's never too late to buy wolf stock. It's never too late to buy real estate for wolf. It's just like, bro, you're just late, though. <laughs> um. Okay, I've got more stock for you though. We can we can almost end because we're already pretty far along. We can yeah, end it we're with an hour and thirty four minutes in. Okay, so. I'll give you four rapid fire uh, uh, some choices for real estate or stock buying. Uh, Lashley, who just won uh, the previous week, Monday qualified in as an alternate, won it, and uh, I'm not going with anything to do with it. Okay, just I I don't know yet. Uh, jury's out. Yeah, probably won't ever get any real estate with it. Hey, some people, I mean, some people like wine country. Some people like the mountains. Some people like the beach. You're just saying, yeah, that's not, that's my, not, vibe. Yeah, it's not my vibe. It's not nah. my vibe. Um, I'm not a middle America kind of guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the mountains are in, a mil- in the middle of America, but. I'm not talking about middle America. I'm talking about like cornfields. Yeah, yeah. Like Nebraska and Iowa. And sure. Shit like that. Fair enough. Okay. Um, really, just kind of ostracizing that demographic. If they're like, what if are they, what if the entire contingency Listen, of guys, this podcast is stuff called oceans and lakes and stuff? Like, venture out of the middle of the country, see what see see what the rest of the country's got to offer for you. You like look at your view count for the, <laughs> the podcast. Like after this, like, this like huge dip. You look at your demographics. Like, oh fuck, we had a huge Nebraska contingency. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Um. No, okay. Okay, so I got I got another one for you. So Phil, Phil Mickelson. Sell. Sell. Yeah. Sell. Yeah, he's done. The fig 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 is done. I think he might rattle off a couple more rins before he retires, but Yeah, but since every house in there's like 1.5 million is yeah, just don't buy. Yeah, there's lots of people in 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 you know on Phil Island or you know Phil City at this point. But what if they swallow up like a neighboring town? Like what if they what if they do some ag- aggressive expansion? That's yeah. two Dark Knight quotes in this so far, guys. So, um, yeah, I I don't own any property in uh, Phil Country probably at this point. Um, yeah, Philandia. Yeah, Philandia. Uh, anyways, I, I I haven't. I I was real late to. I I've I've visited. But yeah, yeah I mean, it was kind of like it was Disney it was, World was already built before we were born. Like. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have no, nothing to say, but I would say if you do have property and, you know, you got it early and you're probably going to make some money. Yeah. I mean, so go ahead and sell now. Get it while But it's then again, high. like it was almost impossible to get in on Phil early because he won as an amateur. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> 
But either way, yeah, I'd be selling fill stock slash land, whatever you want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Or just sit on it. If you like it there and you've been there a long time, stay. You know, there's no, no, nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, Patrick Cantley. Cantley. Uh, I would, I, I would be, you know, I wouldn't be buying Cantley land, but if you want to go ahead, I would recommend it. If he's, you know, you like, you like that area of the country, you know? So <laughs> what do you think is Cantley land? What do you think is, uh, where do you think, like, if you had to give, he's from California, but like, where do you think it actually is in your head? Like, what is, Cantley land like yeah you could go anywhere in the world but like uh i think that it's just pretty not very exciting <laughs> like so to me because he takes so long to hit a shot it's kind of like everything like a lot of life is slowed down there so like if you're visiting like i an think I- island vibe pretty much middle america <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so he so your take god this is going it might be like some northern middle America, maybe like Minnesota so, or like Utah or something. Like it might be kind of scenic, but like you don't have to take your own. You don't. Okay, so you slow. don't have to take your own advice, but buy or it's. I'm gonna hold you to a dichotomy: buy or sell. Can't lay. Uh, so are we coming as a person that doesn't? Uh, well, it's weird because you either have land or you don't. Like coming from a person that is looking for land. You know, might not have any like <laughs> Cantlay could be a good option. But if you already own Cantlay, this is a great question. So it's like, you know, who is this buyer? Who are we talking to? Like everyone, <laughs> everyone's different. So it's like, what's your portfolio look like? How much money do you make a year? Like, what can you afford? What kind of mortgage can you have? What's your credit like? It's kind of those questions is like. If you're just trying to get into a nice four bedroom home or three bedroom home, you're looking to start a family eventually, like maybe Cantley Island's the right place for you. Or, but the question is, would you recommend, like, would you in good conscience tell a family if they like the area, like, your home will appreciate there? You should buy Cantley land or don't buy Cantley land. That's the question. It's not about you. Yeah, I think if, if, if that's what we're talking about, I think that you should buy Cantley land. Okay, so it's a buy on Cantley. Yeah. I think we have to keep that simplicity to it because if we get into like, <laughs> so what's your, ho- like, what's the whole home take income for the year? And uh, how many kids you got? What kind of schools do they need? Um, <laughs> education system is, it's okay in Cantley land, but it's not, it's not the best. It's not Bryson DeChambeau Island. They got great, <laughs> great education facilities there. Um, right away, Bryson. I mean, he almost won the day. Do you buy or sell Bryson? I think you fucking buy Bryson. That's uh, homes are already pretty expensive there. Uh, he's yeah. pretty rated. Well, um, I mean, it's people don't drive cars at Bryson Land. The cars drive themselves there. They also can levitate. There aren't wheels on them. That's impressive. That's quite the advanced civilization they got yeah, over there. Yeah, they have like their billboards, their screens, and it's Bryson talking. Oh, they to have you. billboards there. Well, they're actually uh, huge LCD screens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is super into advertisements. Those Bridgestone ads with him and Tiger are terrible. Um, okay, so I gave you a few. We'll end with one last one. Um, I actually got three last ones. <laughs> we'll make them quick though. We'll be right. I don't know five. how much video is left on the camera, <laughs> so we got to wrap it up. Okay, okay. Shoffley, Shoffley Island. Uh, I think bye. Buy Shoffley Island. Fair enough. That's easy. That's quick. Uh, Spieth Island. Uh, 
That's a tough one. I want to say bye. It's expensive. It's still expensive. <laughs> but it's been going down. Yeah, it's been going down. I think it's a good time to buy. But the fact that his putter got hot, like they got, so they, they think, just opened a water park there. <laughs> I think I think it's a good time to buy Spieth. Yeah, property. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I can I can appreciate that like some they got hit by a storm, like that yeah, island like got hit by a hurricane. <laughs> but they've been rebuilt. They're rebuilding. Yeah, they're but, they're the people there. They're they're. But there's some foreclosures. Adverse. There's some for, foreclosures to pick up on if you could, yeah. if you can find a good. If you can find a good deal, buy it. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. We're trying to find them the good deals. All right, last one, final one. The other, the the the, the very best buddy, the best buddy of Spieth, uh, JT Island. They um, they I'm also try to keep my bias aside. They got hit by a tornado as well. There were the the wrists, the rotation of the wrist. It's the the rotation of the cyclone. I personally wouldn't be buying any land in JT Island, but uh, bias aside, I don't think it's a bad investment. Um, but I'd rather go buy land at Spieth Island. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. We've got, we've got a home that's $1 million <laughs> in Cantley land. Uh-huh. How much is that home worth? The exact same home, the same guts, the same glorious pool in the backyard uh-huh. in JT land. Just right now, yeah, right now, about the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and then how much is that house worth in Jordan Spieth land? Um, I want to say a little bit more. Just thrilling shit. <laughs> Let's get a number for you, Dave. Uh, one point one five. <laughs> It is one percent, one point five percent better. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, right? No, that's that's ten. That's ten. All that's right, 15% we're getting better. really deep into the real estate talk, <laughs> and this is a golf podcast. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, say we're gonna wrap things up, guys. We're probably gonna get back to you at uh, while we're in Royal Port Rush. Maybe do maybe go watch a uh, practice round or something, and we'll do a short podcast out there. Seeing after we've seen some stuff, and maybe give some better takes on who's looking good and whatnot. But uh, yeah, anyone who's stuck through this, yeah, thank you fucking, for sticking this one out. Yeah, this one this was a long one. Lots of just bold jivery going back and forth between us. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for listening and fucking. Fuck yeah, Matty Wolf. <laughs>